0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Ray Elbricka coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams.
1: Hello and welcome.
0: For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com.
1: Our special guest today is Carla Egan. Carla is based in regional Victoria, though I have it on good advice that she lives somewhere in a nice location along the Great Ocean Road. I'm jealous, Carla. Uh, She's the founder of the Coaching Directory and uh, has a wealth of knowledge and information around the coaching industry, which I'm keen to explore. Welcome, Carla.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So i got to ask the obvious. Let's go back to the start. How did you get involved in the coaching industry?
2: Good question. For selfish reasons, actually, I was in the corporate world managing uh, large teams. And I'd gone from different company to different company, and I was still getting the same results. And uh, the same results were high staff turnover. And I tried a number of things to keep the staff that I was employing uh, engaged and keep them uh, staying working for me for the business longer. And I found over a period of time what I was doing wasn't working. Uh, There was a gap in my skill set, and I didn't know what that gap was. And I remember having a conversation with the HR team at the time and saying, I don't know what I'm doing or what I need to do in order to change the results, but something needs to change. And they said to me, just keep coaching, Carla. Keep doing what you're doing. And you know what, Lindsay and, and Rail, I, I had no idea what coaching was. <laughs> what is that? I don't understand what coaching is. And I had to go and Google it, actually, because they couldn't give me an answer. And I, I, took myself off and I did a, you know, a free weekend course and and dis- discovered some tools and some strategies that I could apply that could possibly help me keep my staff. And, and that's what I did. I signed up for a three-year course part-time and I start, everything that I learnt, I started to apply in with my team. And we went through the first quarter and I didn't have any staff resign. And I thought, oh, this is really good. Um, this stuff's working. And I remember the HR team saying, we're going to, still going to recruit because it's just a coincidence that no one's resigned. <laughs> and I didn't have any, you know, budget or any seats for the extra staff. So I said, well, we'll just have to be agile. And the second quarter came, so six months came, and still nobody had resigned. By the ninth month... Um, that came up, I realised two things. Um, One, I realised that I'd found this gap that I was looking for. These techniques that I was using were working, people were engaged, they were staying, no one had resigned for for nine months. And the second thing that I realised was I became a little bit bored in the job and that kind of led me over the the next year on my own journey of embracing coaching as a uh, business owner. And that's how I stumbled onto coaching.
0: Okay. So, but you you obviously came out of a background of, of corporate. So, you you know, you've got a corporate experience in dealing with people and their issues and problems. But people often use the words coach and mentor interchangeably. What is the difference?
2: Good question. So, coaching is traditionally more short-term focused and more on developing your personal growth. Uh, Mentoring is longer-term focused, tends to be, not exclusively, and it provides answers. It gives you resources. Um, The mentor will share their life experience, um, their skills, um, introduce other people to their network. So they become the resource for the mentee, uh, whereas the coach drives the, the conversation's very outcome focused. You can measure it, the outcome at the end. And it's more of a formal setting.
0: Okay. So so I mean, if I took that to the sporting arena, because you know, the world is driven by sport, and particularly Australia is driven by sport. The the coach is the person on the side of the field. Um, you know, obviously at training in the game, it's a little different role, but at the training is giving them exercises to do to improve their skills, actually teaching them new skills. And I use teaching in the loosest sense, but, you know, teaching new skills or ingraining new skills, whereas the mentor is the mental health coach that that probably sees the team once every couple of weeks and and is there for them to come and talk one-on-one when they need some guidance. You know, would, would that sort of, you know, analogy work for you?
2: Well, the term coaching gets used quite loosely and, and interchangeable between the two. So I define coaching really about uh, exploring possibilities and asking a lot of questions and letting the client come up with the answers, letting them self-discover. Whereas coaching in the sporting is could be construed as mentoring because you're providing tactics, um, strategies, you're giving them feedback, you're making recommendations on a particular play. And whilst they call themselves a coach in the traditional sense of coaching, um, that's not considered coaching.
1: Okay. So, Carla, uh, I, I trained as a coach with an organisation called you many, many years ago, and I was one of Australia's first fully trained coaches. What I discovered, though, soon after that, almost every person and his dog started calling themselves a coach. We had life coaches. We had financial coaches. We had health coaches. We had you name it, coaches, and it seems like uh, these people are jumping out of the, the, the woodwork like, um, I don't know, like mushrooms after a, a summer downpour. How important is it that we actually have people who are trained coaches?
2: Well, in an unregulated market that the coaching industry is, I think it becomes really important because it's hard to tell the good coaches from the bad. And one bad coaching experience can really taint a whole industry. And that's what we're starting to see now. And coaching is the second fastest growing industry worldwide and, and that's one because there's demand which is wonderful but it's also because it has low barriers of entry even back when you were starting uh, Lindsay. So I think that has a an impact on potentially the quality and obviously the standards are going to vary between people that may have a qualification that have been properly trained in coaching and the ones that just adapt the word coach or use that loosely.
1: So is it important when you're looking for a coach to actually say, what are your coaching
2: qualifications? I think it's one element. There's a a number of things. Um, You know, if someone's looking for a coach, you want to be knowing, is it a coach that you actually need? Because sometimes you might need a mentor. Sometimes you might need a consultant. Uh, All of them are highly skilled. They all add value. But it depends on what your needs are, what you're looking for. Um, So I think that that's an important, what do you need? Uh, What's the outcome you're looking for? What do you want to achieve at the end of this relationship? Um, So what result are you looking for and how can you measure whether you've actually got that result or whether you you haven't? It's still outstanding. Um, The third I would think about is interviewing a number of different coaches and asking them some really key questions, you know, confirming their qualifications is one of them. But some of the questions are what type of clients do you already work with? What kind of results have you got for them? Um, Can you can you speak to them? Can you read testimonials? I think they're really important aspects that form part of the qualifications because that will tell you that they have got the skill set to be able to get to the results that you want. So that would be my advice for engaging a coach and inquiring about the level of qualifications that they may or may not have.
0: Okay, and we, and you're talking qualifications, which is coaching qualifications, not, not, you know, multiple degrees or PhDs or anything like that. In this context, you're talking about... Actual. So the, having done, a, a, a you know, like, like the rest of the world, we do Google research, and I know that Google is not a synonym for research. I know. Uh, you know, if I search for, you know, coaching certifications, there are a lot. How, how do I know the difference between, a, a, as a client, I'm talking about now, putting myself in client shoes, how do I know the difference between someone who's done a, a three-hour, send me the diploma, I'll send you money, um, as opposed to a three-year qualification without myself becoming an expert, because mm-hmm. that kind of defeats the objective. Of investigating someone's qualifications?
2: It's a good question. And the simple answer is you won't know. And because the industry is unregulated, there's no minimum standard that's required for a coach to achieve, then the industry is open to anyone and everyone. And it's actually one of the reasons why I started a directory in the first place, to house qualified coaches in one spot, in a centralised hub, so they can stand out. So it makes it easier for clients that want a qualified coach to connect to them. But you won't know; you won't actually know that rail as, as a as a member of the general public.
1: So, Carlo, before we uh, before we turned on the recording, we were talking about <clears throat> the different variety of coaches that are out there, and you said, "Oh, we've got eight different kinds of coaches." So, just run me through. The different kinds of coaches that might be available to a business person if they're interested?
2: To a business person. So you're looking at, um, we have executive coaches, so looking at the C suite level of um, in, in business, uh, leadership coaches, uh, business coaches, and we also have um, career coaches. So for that succession planning or people transitioning to a new career. Um, and then from a, a I guess, a Generalist point of view, we have personal development coaches, and underneath that, you know, there's people like um, public speakers uh, that might want to, someone might want to improve their public speaking or their levels of confidence. Uh, we also have relationship coaches, health and well being coaches, and life coaches. Okay. And they're, and they're the eight categories.
0: Uh, it's now, okay, so you run the directory. Let me ask the the million dollar question where where does the demand curve sit
2: in the corporate market
0: in the corporate market yeah. so that's the business coaching you know those skills speaking skills etc that are relevant in the corporate in the corporate place
2: yeah at the moment i mean it's it's driven by a couple of factors um the younger generation entering the marketplace You think about the Gen Xs, to a certain degree, some of the millennials, so, you know, people in their 20s and 30s, they're the ones that are really demanding personal development. They want their employer to invest in them as part of their tenure with the business, and the more you invest, the longer they stay, and it's a retention game. At the moment, everyone's been talking about this great resignation that's coming up, and, and that plays a part. But it's also about understanding the, the baby boomers and the gen x's how do they manage some of this younger generation because there are differences they have different values different attitudes to work um, and with all of that comes its own challenges and there's no one size fits all and there never has been but this younger generation really challenging things like our traditional Monday to Friday nine to five work model that's under threat and I, I think that the corporate market needs skill sets. They need uh, different ways of thinking to approach these new challenges, and that's where I'm seeing a lot of the growth.
1: So once upon a time, I worked in the public sector, and we were encouraged just to go and find a senior officer and get them to to you know be a, a mentor, a sounding board, maybe a coach. Maybe the word coach probably wasn't used back then. Would you? People still do that today or is it better to get someone external to your organisation?
2: I think it's a wonderful thing to do. I think matching up a a senior person in the business with someone at at a younger age in their 20s, it's a perfect match because they're looking for mentoring, they're looking for experience, they're looking for guidance. And if you can get somebody, two people in the business to dedicate their time to one another, um, I encourage that. I think that's healthy for growth. Um, it's, it keeps the older generation working and adding value and having purpose, um, but it also plays a part in um, engagement and uh, retention and knowledge transfer. Uh, not all businesses can afford a coach, and I think this is a really good solution for passing on knowledge and experience.
0: So, circling back to something you said about the unregulated nature of the coaching industry, is that worldwide or is that just in Australia? Worldwide. Okay. And are there, I've heard of bodies that, that you, know, you know, industry bodies that are obviously some attempt at, at a form of regulation. Um, how effective is that?
2: i don't know Uh, each of them each of the training organizations the associations the institutes um, the foundations um, will have their own uh, code of ethics um, that they want their members to abide by how they police that uh, it's very difficult and uh and i don't know how that is played out um one way that i support The coaches on the directories that we vet them all. Um, The ones that we match to clients, uh, they're police checked. Uh, They they're required to have a working with children's check if they they work in that field. Um, We reference check them. Uh, That's how we police it. I, I I can't speak for the others, but it would be a very challenging way to do that because coaches can now work online globally, but it is a challenge for our industry.
1: It certainly is. Um, So uh, there's a couple of different associations for coaches. Are they driving for standardisation? Like there's the International Coach Federation, there's an association of coaches I'm aware of, and I believe there are other groups. Is there any push to to create a, a standard across the industry? Yes.
2: Yes, there is. We would all like a collective standard. I think it would be great for our industry. I think it would be great for the branding of the word coaching and the word coaches. Uh, I think we would be all for it. Um, But, yeah, it's it's not something that we can make happen overnight and uh, I think that there would be worldwide support in the coaching industry to do this simply because we're seeing a lot of, new coaches into the marketplace and, um, and are not delivering what a coaching experience should be?
0: I mean, I've, I've met a few people who pretty much in my opinion, my humble opinion, were pretty thin on the ground in terms of knowledge. They'd been at a low level, not even a management level in a, in a, in a corporate or, or government or job. And suddenly, you know, decided to spend $20,000 and get accredited with one of the large training, well, they're they're training organizations, they're not really coaching organizations, all they're doing is selling training. And suddenly they're out there selling themselves as a coach in business life or one of the other eight categories. Is, Is that one of the challenges is that you've got people who... Who, who, who you know they've watched five youtube videos and now they want to do heart surgery
2: <laughs> i like your analogy um yeah it is it is a challenge i mean everyone has to start somewhere i, I appreciate that and um they need to build up their coaching hours and their experience in order to, to deliver value everyone starts somewhere um yes but it is a It is a commonality where you might have someone that is doing a part-time coaching course and part-time coaching or trying to start their coaching business while they're working in finance or as a massage therapist or as a financial controller. Um, That's happening and we're seeing that quite a lot. It comes down to um, how diligent they are in their their study and implying what they're learning and, um, and wanting to add value wanting to really make a difference rather than make a buck. And I think that's um, one of the causes for concern that uh, with low barriers of entry, with no standards of training or qualifications are required, um, yeah, it is a popular gateway to turn a quick buck. And uh, those ones don't last too long, though. Uh, They don't find they find it's much tougher um, to get consistent work, Um, and so they they tend to give up after three years.
1: Do you think the pandemic's had an effect on the coaching industry? Do you think it's um, my perception is that it's actually uh, pushed it and the the industry has grown as as a result? Would you agree on that?
2: Yeah, it's boomed. Absolutely. Uh, my own coaching practice has boomed as a result of that. And um, and that's what a lot of the coaches that I know are saying they're having their best year yet. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, my job on this uh, <clears throat> podcast is to keep an eye on the clock and keep us to time. And sadly, Carla, we are out of time. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Should our listeners want to get in touch with you, maybe have a look at the coaching directory or, or talk with you more about... Um, you know, creating standards in the industry, how would they do that?
2: I'd love them to connect on LinkedIn with me, or you can find me on the coaching directory as well.
0: Thank you very much, Carla Egan, for being a guest on this edition of the Business Excellence podcast. Thank you to my co-host Lindsay Adams, and this is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast, with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com, where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in life and in business.